I think one of the biggest mistakes that the conversations are making, or even the language that we're using to talk about this return to the office, is that it is somehow going back to normal, right? If we go back to what it was, it is very difficult to move forward. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Welcome, folks, to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I am rejoined by Tara Rathor, who is the CEO of Strategy for Real. She's got an awesome book out. Uh, Tara, what's happening since we've seen you last? Well, in addition to the book, I've had um, a lot of fun talking more and more about how to make your strategy work, which has been a lot of what I've done in my life and in my career. But uh, the book has really made it an even more interesting conversation. Um, really is fun. It's charting the course, CEO tools for to align strategy and operations, available on Amazon and all that, or toolsforceos.com. But it's it's been an adventure helping people figure out getting back to work, you know, to the office kind of work or not, figuring out culture, really making sure they have the capabilities they need. Talent's huge, right? All the usual things that you're seeing in the in the papers and such, but what what is the implications for all of that? What what's happening? You know, how does that play out in their business? Kind of helping them to figure it out and, and navigate that course. Cool. I love that. Well, one of the cool things I really appreciate about our conversations is we have a similar, a shared perspective, but different, different life experience, different work experience, different all of that stuff. And I one of the reasons I'm just stoked to be able to chat again is because I like your perspective and what you bring to people and like what you bring to people's lives and work. And, uh, you know, life in 2020 is uh, 2022 is about adapting. I'm in a hotel room right now recording. We can't always have kind of the strategy we want, but being able to align the strategy with the work that needs to happen is obviously critical. So from your perspective, um, what have you been seeing in the market? Uh, what have been some of the um, problems you've been helping people solve through, you know, the release of the book and what's been happening since uh, a senior last? Well, gosh, that's a huge question, right? Let's unpack a little bit of it. So what I'm seeing in the market is very similar to what others are seeing, I'm sure, the impact of inflation, how that's shifting our conversations. But also, you know, there's the fatigue element. There's fatigue for individuals. There's fatigue for organizations. And that has, that plays out very differently across the board and across my clients. And, and I work with, as you know, mid-sized organizations principally, but it's, it's that how do you scale up becomes an issue? How do you, or how do you adjust scale quickly the way you need to when talent's so hard to find? How do you create the infrastructure that allows you to adapt when you lose people that you didn't expect to? How do you accommodate the different needs that individuals have? with respect to how they work, where they work, when they work, and their fatigue or not, their their energy around life and work. And I think there's this, I think there's a growing trend as we return to offices or figure out some new version toward boundaries again, 
the lines got so blurred. And yet what we've discovered is the lack of boundaries, while we love the flexibility, the lack of boundaries can be really challenging because when are you on and when are you off? And when can I count on you to show up at a meeting? And when should I not schedule one? So there's a lot of new conversations around how do we set boundaries that accommodate those different needs because we kind of recognize that they're helpful. That flexibility can be very helpful. We're also recognizing that there are activities where it's not as helpful. So for so I'd be curious about what those what are activities are helpful and, and not helpful. I think one of the key words was kind of navigate that as a advisor. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you look and you say, hey, you know, the business that we had three, four years ago, I'm offsite. I'm literally doing strategic planning right now. And I did this group strategic plan four years ago and they've accomplished a bunch of things. But the conversations they're having are so different. So mm-hmm. how um, do our listeners I want to say, like, kind of prepare themselves to have these new conversations and solve problems and challenges that, you know, there, there's always new problems and challenges, and these are new problems and challenges. So how can our listeners and how can their teams begin to have those conversations in, in a effective way? So you know me, Anthony. I will always tell you, start with destination, right? Start with your vision, where are you trying to get to, and then what's your strategy? And by that, I don't mean every detailed action that you have on your list. I mean, the strategic priority is what are the key things that you need to achieve in order to get where you're trying to go? And if you start with that, then you can say, okay, well, what matters most? That's the most important thing. So that's sort of the step aside, not necessarily having a conversation because there's, there can be a lack of empathy or compassion in that sort of very structured business thing. But it's a good reminder to kind of say, okay, well, let's think this through. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're trying to achieve. These are the priorities we're focused on. Now, let's talk about what are the activities beneath that? What are the tasks versus the relationships that we need? Very often, tasks can be done anywhere. They really can be. Creative activities, often more challenging with virtual or hybrid. I would argue hybrid is actually harder than all virtual or all in the room. I think hybrid can be really interesting. There's also the relationships. Like when you have a strong relationship with someone, when you've already built it, it's so much easier to read between the lines in a way that's productive. When you don't know people, you don't have those personal connections. Two years into the pandemic, many of us have colleagues we never met before in person, right? It's harder because you don't know how to read between the lines. You don't even know how to read the body language you're seeing on screen. And so what relationships do you need? And that doesn't matter if you're talking about people you work with, or if you're talking about customers, or other stakeholders or people that you would always see sort of periodically. And then there's serendipity, like those serendipitous chance conversations. How do you create space for them? My husband, who's an introvert, and you know, when everything's shut down, he's like a classic introvert, right? (laughs) He's like, woohoo, I don't have to see people. I can, you know, divert all my energy to what I'm trying to do. He's now saying, I can't wait to go back to the office. And His driver on that is a lot to do with the serendipity. And it's built on some of those relationships. 
Most of his tasks he can do by phone. He works with people all over the country. That's not going to change. But his, so he can do them from anywhere. But his conversations, his walk into the bus with the guy that he needs to just update two minutes worth is so much easier than having to schedule something or being pinged constantly through IM or Slack or whatever is that current instant, if you will, texting and messaging that we do. So I think really thinking through those and kind of talking through what's, where, where's your best power? That's how you start to have those conversations. I think, and I think it's going to be, it's just going to keep getting more and more interesting and it could be outstanding if we allow it. Got that. Well, one of the things that I kind of looking at the intersection of, because there's the balance between, you know, we're getting back to normal uh, on one hand, there's the, I think, dealing with some of the impacts of the past two years and what it's done to team productivity. Again, like that hybrid in-person balance. I, I, I really like the virtual work. I think you get a lot done there, but I also think that if you weren't able to kind of keep up with it for that two years or like get it to kind of your optimal productivity level, then it causes those challenges. It, it hurts relationships, which are the cornerstone of your organization. And then you have new people that might've come in that have a different way of working, different way of understanding and different needs. So there's a changing want and need from existing and new employees. And so being able to ma not manage that, but have the conversations you need to have to work through that while you have a system that might not necessarily be supporting that. So those conversations around how people want to work, the conversation about boundaries that didn't exist before, the conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion, where people are saying, hey, this is important yeah. to me. Conversations about, you know, what's happening in the world and how can I help making time for those things that I think three years ago, and I never worked in an office, but from everybody I talked to, those water cooler conversations were happening. If you're not having those water cooler conversations, they're bottling up and those relationship piece versus the task piece, as you identified it, is, is not moving forward. So I assert it's pulling back the, the strategy and task work because you're kind of up to your limit of just working and you know it, it, it doesn't have that full kind of work experience. Are you, A, do I have that right-ish? And B, are you seeing the same or different thing with teams? I absolutely think that they are totally interdependent, those tasks and relationships, because you have strong relationships, it's easier to head down, get your tasks done, or to do things more effectively with or without that person next to you, um, or the team, or the whatever. I think one of the biggest mistakes we're making, first of all, I think you're right. Bottom line, we have to have it as a conversation. So we need to ask, right? We need to walk through and have that conversation. What's your strategy? What's it going to look like? And then what's the culture we need? So what are the parts of what we had in the past that are really helpful and we're proud of? And what are the parts of the, of the past that we no longer need or no longer are relevant to us? I think one of the biggest mistakes that the conversations are making or even the language that we're using to talk about this return to the office is that it is somehow going back to normal, right? If we go back to what it was, it is very difficult to move forward. And that sounds kind of obvious, but at the same time, we keep thinking, oh, well, we'll just plug and play. And I have clients who are like, yep, we're back in the office. We're doing everything the same. It's not going to work. Because 
we are failing to acknowledge in, in doing that, we fail to acknowledge what we've learned and what we've gained from this. And, you know, in the book too, it's one of the things I talk about when you get to the end of any kind of strategic journey. So often we go, we're done. You know, we got there, we raised the red flag, or, you know, that checkered flag, we're cruising along and it's awesome. We don't take a moment to then reflect on what we learned and what we can do. And we have a tool in there too. It's like, you do need to stop and think about what's been learned. And I think that that's a critical first step in any conversation around what our next generation work and work styles really looks like. And so there is that task piece where you figure out what needs to happen. And by the way, I really feel creative tasks, creative thinking in particular, I think you can execute on creative things by yourself. Like those people, not me, who can draw wonderfully and who can really do graphics and all that. Again, not me. Um, those guys can, I've seen them, you know, they're just as good as a coder or a writer in being able to sit down and concentrate by themselves. And sometimes they're better off. What I'm talking about is the stuff that you and I often facilitate, right? It's that where are we headed? What could be? What's the dream? What are the types of paths we might take? How is that going to go? That kind of creative thing. What new products might we generate? How do we take this to someone else? All of those kinds of ideas and conversations, those are the ones that I think are very difficult. Possible. I've done it. I'm sure you've done it in the last two years. We've done it online. It's possible. I think we lose something because we lose that relationship. We lose that shared creation and energy that you get when you're in person, that unspoken stuff we lose. Um, yeah. And, and I think that there's that balance or like the undertone of, hey, you know, you can do a strategy offsite and work together and, you know, do some heavy lifting over a couple of days. But that ongoing piece to right. collaborate, relationship build. And then, you know, from a strategy execution standpoint, like to keep that accountability. I found it was really easy to kind of hide away from your deliverables where you have that space because it's you're harder to find versus being able to lock something, quarter somebody say, hey, like I need this thing. And so you can do it digitally, but it's kind of easier to escape in the digital realm. And I also think that people who are not great at communicating, um, they can have a harder time in the digital realm. So I think it's about matching people's, you got to match people's needs. And I think they're going to have different needs as they move forward. And that's what I hear you uh, saying, not just from an individual, but from a team and then adapting to their needs to be able to get those next steps, both the peer strategy and then the creative parts that really make organizations like grow scale and, and do that amazing work. And you also, you also make a good point in there as well on the strategy execution piece, a key part of that. And again, is one of the things that we talk about a lot in the book is around, if you want to make your strategy work, then who's ever leading that strategy, whether you're operational level or your enterprise level, the CEO, the head poncho needs to make strategy visible and at the same time needs line of sight on what's happening. And as you increase size and or complexity, that line of sight is more challenging. And that's, that's not specific to where you're located. That is just about the size and the complexity of it. And so 
when, you know, can't execute strategy without people, need good people practices and, and leadership and all of that, as you and I have talked about. But it's also about what, how do you make it easier for them to connect where they are with where they're supposed to be going? And so having those common frameworks can help to increase the visibility when you don't have direct line of sight, again, irrespective of where you're located physically, you need to ask some questions differently and you need to kind of build it into your management timeline. And it sounds, I'm not a management by template. You're not a management by template. You know, there's, yes, there are tools, but you're not talking about plug and play throughout these things. Way more fluid than that. Way more agile than that. What I'm talking about though is some level of structure that allows people to know how do they check in? How, how do they, what questions should they be asking to know if they're still on track? And what questions should you be asking, whether you're the middle manager or the CEO or you're the person on the ground floor to connect, to make those active connections so that you can adapt because you know the strategy, it, it's not a blueprint, it's a framework. You know, you've got to keep changing. Yeah, absolutely. And I really uh, appreciate that. And hopefully our listeners, you, uh, takes uh, something away from this. And especially, you know, developing strategy, developing people, leading team is a practice. That's why we have like a professional practice because we don't know what the hell we're doing. We're just making it up and we have to build on it every, every day. So as you develop their leadership practices in terms of communication, in terms of structures, in terms of frameworks, not a paint by numbers, as Sarah's saying, but really something that works for you that you can develop home, work on so that you can get that next level of effectiveness. So if I have a challenge for you, I'm saying what is one of the practices that you can take from Tara today to uh, improve your teamwork strategy execution, no matter where you're at, you do not need to be at the board or CEO level to be able to do this. You do it from wherever you're at. And I think that if you can help your people succeed, that's how you move forward in, in life and work. But uh, Tara, as we finish up here, uh, what is uh, one uh, theme from your book that you really want to make sure that all of our listeners get from today? You might have already shared it, but if there's something you say, hey, I really like love this chapter and it really gets me going and you want to share that, you know, what is it? And then how can people get a hold of you? So the book is all about making your strategy work. The key piece of that too is that strategy is work. It is an ongoing thing that you do. And I think in today's world, there is one section of that book, one tool in there that's particularly, there are several, there's a culture one that's great, but there's also the concept of assessing and managing rhythm and pace. And I think to the point that we made earlier around fatigue, assessing rhythm and pace what is the pace that you have? You set that as a leader and it doesn't matter where you are in the organization, as you said, you can be the top dog or somewhere in the middle or even at, at the lower levels of the organization. The, you set the rhythm and pace by the way, by your actions, by the way you behave. And sometimes we're not aware as leaders of the impact of our own internal rhythm and pace on the rest of the organization or the team. And in this moment, in this inflection point in the world, we need to stop and be mindful of what is our assess, what is our rhythm and pace? What's the cadence of our work? What's the speed with which we're doing it? How much time do we have to get to the destination? And taking a moment to say, is that the rhythm and pace we need and in the best interest of the organization? And I think if we can do that, there's a 
huge potential to align some of the other things that we've talked about. Awesome. I think that's a very astute observation and one that I had to reflect on myself. So your rhythm and pace and its effect on others is, uh, it dictates the pace is the pace is how you play the game. So cool. Uh, where can people uh, connect with you and uh, learn more about your work? You can always find me on LinkedIn, Tara Rathor at T Rathor. Um, and you can find me on my website, which is strategy for real with the number sign.com. And if you want more info about the book, it's tools for CEOs.com. And it's also the number four. So reach out, happy to chat. Awesome. Thank you, Tara. It's been just such a pleasure uh, chatting with you today. Just good to see you. And I'm happy that you're just doing great things in the world. So I wish you. You uh, too. Likewise. Awesome. Well, thanks, Anthony. My pleasure. Folks, thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you to my guest, Tara Rathor, CEO of Strategy for Real. You can uh, Google her. She'll come up when you search because there's only one. Apparently, that's an inside joke between her and I. And uh, I just really hope you're enjoying the podcast. You're able to keep up with the episodes that are coming out and would love your feedback. Um, it's really cool when you comment and, and let us know how you're enjoying the the information that comes out, especially when you connect with speakers. So I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. And we will see you on our next episode. So until next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.